Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcasts with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 139 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Burchill. And I'm Chris Byrne. As always, this is meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views and we do look into some of the items that you ask us to look into. If you'd like to support the podcast and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. We want to say a big thank you to Helen and Jimmy who sponsored us this week. Um, they sent us a nice message as well saying looking forward to seeing you again at the meetup. We went last time and met you also in Kerry during the summer holidays, after which we bought silver screens on your recommendation. Thanks for all the tips, information, uplifting chat during the non-camping days. That's right. I remember Helen and Jimmy came up to us and chalk an oracle in Dingle and we were chatting about the silver screens that we have on both of our Heimers. He took notes and off he went. So it's glad to hear that they took some advice from us. And uh, thanks for getting in touch. Thanks for the donation. And we look forward to seeing you again uh, at this year's meetup, which, by the way, let's just get it out there. It's sold out. For the moment, we may have some extra spaces for the meat. We just have to wait and see what the ground, the grass area is like. So we will keep in touch with you guys as soon as Dan gets in touch with us. But for the moment, thank you for your support. The meetup too in April is sold out. Yeah, and you're not going to believe this as well. There was a bit of camping news in the Irish Sun this week. In the, the Sun newspaper. <laughs> the Irish Sun newspaper. They mentioned uh, an Irish TikTok user, Kaylee O'Dowd. So Kaylee has some videos up on TikTok and uh, Instagram where she um, converted her car into a, a car camping uh, experience and has travelled all around uh, Ireland during the summer and since then and put up videos, you know, very informational videos helping mm-hmm. people showing people how she did it and where she went and how to manage. So really worth checking out. Uh, it's Kaylee O'Dowd on TikTok and on Instagram as well. It's something similar to that. And that's Kaylee, K-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H O'Dowd. Well worth checking out. Yeah, it's great to hear a good news story. A little bit of online chatter. I don't know if people noticed this, but I was on the Motorhome Crack Forum uh, during the week and there's a discussion about price increases on campsites again. If you've noticed while you're looking around, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you go on to motorhomecrack.com, go on to the forum and just put in price increase. Now, if you remember last year, myself and Deirdre, we just did the Camping Ireland book to compare prices. And in fairness, there wasn't much of an increase. It kind of balanced out. If there was a price increase, they had stopped charging for electricity. Or if there was a price increase, more didn't increase the prices. But seemingly a lot of chat going on on Motorhome Crack on the forum. So check it out. And as we say, if you have been booking your summer holidays and noticed a price increase, we'd love to hear from you. We'll give you the contact details at the end of the show. Yeah, I I haven't booked many sites myself now uh, coming up, but I definitely would start checking out uh, certain weeks uh, and weekends where we've got holidays. But, um, you know, there are little hidden gems out there as well to to keep in mind. But um, we look forward to hearing any feedback from the people listening. Have they noticed bigger increases in places that they would go to more regularly? You know, look, uh, uh, Jamie was on from Strand Camping defending some campsites. Now, he hasn't put his prices up this year, but you can understand there's been a lull and you can understand there's been increases in electricity and there's been increases in gas, so heating oil. So you can understand price increases, but seemingly we're talking to five to seven euro a night. I haven't 
noticed it and I have most of the bank holiday weekends booked for this coming year. But again, if you guys have come across it, please do let us know. Contact details coming up in a few minutes. I suspect, though, Aaron, that might be in a lot of the popular areas. You know, there's a it's demand is going to drive the pricing as well. So if everybody wants to go to the same place, you know, if you're a business person, you know, it's understandably you want to try and, um, you know, keep your business afloat, make as much money to, you know, to make a living, but also to invest back into the, the campsite as well. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it over the next uh, couple of weeks on the podcast. In fact, right over this this season of the podcast. But if you have come across anything, let us know. Listeners, messages and shout-outs. Elaine was on to you during the week on Twitter. Yeah, so Elaine sent us a a message there. She said, just a suggestion for a a podcast conversation. She said, in Scotland, there's a permit parking during peak camping season. Um, something like that would be uh, something like that would be amazing for Inch Beach or certain areas of Kerry for us wild campers. It could allow parking again on the beach, and the finances raised could help provide some facilities if needed in the future. A season pass for the Wild Atlantic Way would be awesome. So I had a look into the 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 link that uh, Elaine sent on. Basically, it seems to be for the national parks and uh, uh, you know a lot of the preserved areas that areas they want to be preserved. Basically, it allows you to camp within a particular area uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's a small fee. Um, But I suppose that if you've got that pass on your vehicle, you can park there safely without getting ticketed. But I suppose it gives some control over who's allowed in and who's not and uh, some monitoring of what's happening as well. It might be a good way of, you know, safely allowing the wild camping iron, um, knowing who's in there with some trace of who's parking, you know. Yeah, and they do it in the States as well on BLM land. You can buy for something nominal like $50 and you can stay for up to three nights uh, for free on BLM land. Um, I went on to that side as well and it looks like a brilliant idea. But here's, here's and I, I'm going to sound like a broken record. It's typically the Irish. We won't, we they just won't do it. There's a chance here to make money like we've been saying about putting airs into towns and villages. They just won't do it. So I don't know, but it is a great idea. And thank you, Elaine. And uh, have you retweeted that or can you retweet that? I will retweet it after that. It'll be out in the next day or so uh, after this podcast. Yeah. But thanks, Elaine, for for getting in touch. Um, Pat was on to us via email. I mentioned a couple of weeks back, uh, actually a few times on podcasts about Spain. And he says, hi, Aaron, you mentioned recently that you won't be going to Spain. Any particular reason why? Because I'm thinking of heading that way later on this year. We did France, Spain and Portugal back in 2019. Uh, We had the Longheimer, the Tag Axelheimer, and I was towing the smart car. France, as we all know, is camper heaven. And let's just put it out there. It is. And very few people, if any at all, will say it isn't. Then you go into Spain and they crucify you. The campsites are not regulated. In France, you could stay for 25 euro, let's say, and there'll be facilities to beat the band from pizzerias, swimming pools, entertainment, like if you're in Mosny or Butlins, fantastic for 25 euro. We stayed in one campsite in Spain just for one night, 44 euro for nothing. It was just a campsite. Campsites aren't regulated in Spain, so it's a free for all. They weren't as good as the campsites in France. Then when we got to Portugal, it was not as good as France, but pretty much close to it but campsites in Portugal were from 11 euro a night nice maybe a little pizzeria or, or coffee dock on site to I think the most we paid was 22 euro so Spain 
They nabbed us for the car. They nabbed us for the trailer. It, it came to €44 Euro for one night in two or three sites. And we have decided, and we're just, we're not doing it again. We have France booked for this year. And we're looking forward to that because the French just love motorhomes. Okay, Aaron, if you put the good weather in Spain aside, mm-hmm. and let's not compare Spain to the campsites in France, because obviously they're they're of much higher quality and, yeah. and price-wise better as well. How would you compare the campsites in France and facilities-wise to the campsites in Ireland? Uh, forgetting the weather. Forgetting the weather, yeah. Obviously. There are a handful of campsites let, let's start the, the, the campsites in France, four-star, three-star, and two-star. There are a handful of three-star campsites in Ireland that would be two-star. In France, they just tend, there's very few campsites don't have either a bar, pizzeria, fast food joint, swimming pool. Very, I have never stayed in a campsite in France that don't have one or all of the above. Here, now granted the swimming pool and all that is weather related, but here... I love the campsites in Ireland. There are look, Charlie and me have been on the go now for nearly three years. We're on season five this year, and there are no bad. We have come across no bad campsites in Ireland, but I don't think there's a campsite in Ireland worth over thirty euro a night. I really don't, and that's not comparing it to France. I, yeah, you know, they're... we're hearing people saying thirty five euro. You've got to remember now, thirty euro is me, Charlie, and Deirdre. Where it's you guys, there's two kids, and it will bring it up. I do not think for a unit. Two adults with electric hookup, 30 euro is top dollar, top dollar to be paying in Ireland. Just my personal opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a fair point as well. And, you know, even if you're bringing a, a big, massive family, yeah. uh, you know, I'm talking about four to six ahead after that, people yeah. in total, yeah. you know, you're still taking up the same amount of space and, yeah. and that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, look, that's a, a long argument we've we've had we, year over year. And, and will go. But no, Spain, the weather's beautiful. The sites are beautiful, but they're just, it's not regulated. It's a free for all. And France, as I said, France is just made for us. And Portugal is pretty good, but you've got to drive through Spain and you won't do it in one day. But uh, yeah, that's the reason, Pat, why we won't be going back to Spain. Yeah. And uh, a listener got in touch, Aaron, with a question um, about camping near towns or villages directed to you. Yes. Hi, Aaron. I'm an avid follower uh, and I'm looking for the Holy Grail. Aren't we all? They go on to say we camp every year in tents as two families together. We now struggle to get the teenagers to come along. Last year, we went to Lakeside in Donegal and it was perfect. Activity wise, setting wise and location wise for beaches and pier jumping. The only thing missing was a village or town within walking distance. So the older teenagers can have some independence in the evenings. Does such a place exist? Thank you very much in advice for any uh, any advice. Now, we tweeted it. We Instagrammed it both on the Camping Crew podcast, Charlie and me. And I also got back to the lady with what information I had. But OMG, Chris, did we get some response on Twitter? We got a massive response. And let's just go through the criteria. So they wanted somewhere next to a beach. Well, they wanted water activity, so beach or lake. Yeah, and somewhere within walking distance for a town or a village as well, just so you could pop in as well. And, you know, when I started thinking about it, I was kind of struggling. Yes, so was I. And, yeah, we got a a massive... I'll read a few of these, Aaron, you can read out a few, but we got lots of really great suggestions. And every time I saw it, I said, oh, yeah, I forgot about this place. And so Mm -hmm. the first few were Lower Hyde, Arlangard Manor in uh, Shanklin, Uh, Strand Camping in Doombeg has great facilities, spotless, dog-friendly. These were all suggestions now from listeners and 
and viewers of the podcast Charlie Me. Someone suggested Clifton Campsite is bang on the money, they reckon. Someone suggested Casey's outside Dungarvan, as it's on a great beach and just a few kilometres uh, from Dungarvan. I wouldn't say it's walking distance though, that no, particular I don't think one. It's walking you, distance, you probably no. got to drive, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Desert House, Clonakilty, that is within walking distance of the town. Mannix Point in Carsevine, again within walking distance. Stone Park Lodge, Ballanderry, Lockderg, it's not within walking distance of a village but it is a great location for swimming and kayaking. But it's it's three or four kilometres and it's country roads, but it's still a good, a good spot. Salt Hill Caravan and Camping Park. I mean, you're right in the heart of Galway there. You're right, right in the middle of Salt Hill. Yeah, there's a few there for Linders and Portrain, Nagels and Doolin, Fitzmaurice's and Tremor. And the anchor in Castle Gregory. Um, again, that's not within walking distance, but great for beach activities. Look, there's there's plenty more. And if you guys have some criteria water sport activities beach or lake walking distance of a town or village so the kids can just feck off and have some time to themselves would be ideal and then a nice campsite uh just to to finish it off it is the holy grail imagine if you could get a plot of land near a village near a lake or water and had excellent facilities you could call it the holy grail caravan and camping park and there's lots of towns and villages along our coasts and along our waterways just begging to be um, taken advantage of, you know, yeah. just a, a small field, the edge of one of the villages, you know, oh, the, it? It just the begs, opportunities are begging for it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for getting in touch with us. And I did get back in touch with that listener and said, thank you very much. And they had followed up as I as the suggestions were coming in. I was emailing her every three or four suggestions. And then she got back and said, we've already booked X amount or looked at such. So um, (laughs) a lot of places still not taking bookings till um, March, but still a lot of places open. So, guys, as I said, I have got in touch with every bank holiday weekend. I've got in touch with a campsite for this year and some of them are filling up already. So get out there and get your booking in as soon as you possibly can. And, you know, and it's a great example of crowdsourcing a solution as well. You know, if you have any other problems like that, you know, if we don't have the answer, uh, definitely it. one of the, the listeners or viewers out there would be well able to help us. So um, yeah. if you've got any questions, we'd be happy to to do the research for you. Yeah, please do get in touch. Contact details coming up. Campsites and stopovers. A follow up from Barry about the booking.com style website that we were talking about a couple of. Actually, I think it was in the last episode, wasn't it? Yeah, so Barry sent a follow-up message in. He said, thanks for chatting with Booking.com style uh, site for campsites. And yes, I suppose some campsites like to stay independent. But another reason uh, of a linked-up site would be consistency in pricing. I'm booking some slots over the summer. And for example, two sites in West Clare, both are pretty much in the same price per night of approximately 30 30 to 35 euros for two adults and one child with electricity, which is fine. But for one week, uh, but for one week, uh, an extra 110 a week for an awning and a gazebo. So there's a 50 percent extra charge, he said, which I find unbelievable as all pitches are the same side, same size. So why should be charging extra for an awning and gazebo? And, you know, I certainly am totally against that because we use ours all the time. And to be honest with you, I must say, there's very few campsites that we have stayed in where we've been charged for the awning gazebo. So I'd say uh, Barry is probably unlucky to find the one that did charge. Yeah, plus I do know, again, if you're going through the websites, it may say five euro awning, but always ask because it's like some campsites don't allow double axle or twin axle caravans, but always ask 
you know, it's just just because it says it. But you obviously did get caught out when you were looking at it. I, I think in all the years as well, I've only been charged once for the awning, which was the gazebo that we put up. Um, when asked when booking into the camps, have you got an awning or anything? And I said, no, because an awning to me is a safari room that slides onto your motorhome or your caravan. And yes, if you're going to have to pay for that, but you shouldn't because you book the pitch and three metres of grass. But look, it's another discussion that will go on and on for years, as long as this podcast will be well and truly gone. And that discussion of paying extras for awnings and showers will go on and on. But Barry, thank you for that. But Bill was on as well regarding Barry's suggestion. Yeah, um, he sent in a recommendation for campers and maybe some campsites. He said, hi, guys, I'm planning a tour in Ireland this year with our camper van. And uh, tripped over your podcast while researching place to visit and stay. It's really interesting. I'm picking up a few tips on place to visit, etc. So thanks. Currently going backwards in time, listening to older episodes. The guy from Van Halen, episode 127, was really interesting. That might have been 137, but... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh, sorry, it was 127, actually. He said, some feedback on episode 138 and your listener's question is their booking.com site for campsites he said we're very used to looking for sites in the uk and europe and one handy resource i use is pitchup.com Um, there's around five thousand register sites in the uk which has been growing each year you can also book in europe although currently only five in ireland that can be booked and um, where you can view and compare the prices and that he said i would imagine that once a critical mass is on board in a country most sites will want to be part of it just as you find B&Bs listed on Booking.com, once the pandemic times are passed and sites are looking to attract visitors as opposed to fending them off, maybe we'll find more uptake. Well, I know Pitch Up has been there for a while, Aaron, and yep. you know I, I still I, I I I'm not convinced that's going to happen anytime soon. I don't think so. I think this country is too small. I mean, when you say like there's five thousand sites registered in the UK. <laughs> 5,000. What are, um, how many campsites have we got here? That must be, uh, that's something I'm going to research. How many campsites are there actually in Ireland? Um, no, I can't see it. The Irish campsite owners like their independence. They are pretty much priced very, very similar with the exception of one or two who think that they're above the rest. Um, and there are some priced very reasonably that could be charging what the others are charging. But no, I don't think there is. When we when Barry brought this up, I spoke to an app developer friend of mine and said it to him and he went, right, I got to spend X amount of euro developing it. So I got to get 100 campsites just to break even. That's not going to happen. And if you look at like Camping Ireland, the Vulture site, yeah. um, you know, they don't even take bookings on that site. It's that they the, the campsites info. themselves take the book, yeah. they just pass on the, the contact details. Yeah. So I don't think there's, from the campsite side of things, I don't think there's a, a want for that. No, no. And pitchup.com is brilliant. We used that in the early days. I think back in 2012 we used it. But I have noticed again since this, this uh, comment came in, they don't update it. It doesn't seem to be updated as much as it used to be. So I'm wondering, have pitchup.com kind of said, we've got our money made, now just let's... It just doesn't seem to be updating. For example, there was one site, and I meant to write it down, that we stayed in, which I know is closed, and it's still on pitchup.com in France. So there's no point free having to post on pitchup then. If they were charging people, they wouldn't be long about kind of... If they're charging campsites to... Yeah, I think they get it. a percentage. I think they were getting something like 2% right. or 3% from each booking that came via 
pitchup.com. I'm not sure how it worked, but I just know it's not updated as much as it used to be. Yeah, an interesting one. Uh, I don't think, uh, I can't see it happening anyway in no. the uh, d- d- near or far future. Um, Aaron, do you want to give us an update on Charlie Me this week? Yeah, Charlie Me, we stuck up a video this morning, Wednesday, a midweek video, but it's just an update on the B-Ball because I want to keep, keep you updated on what changes or repairs we make to the B-Ball and the news of it being for sale. So you're going to have to watch that video. It's only a, a six or eight minute video. Check it out. YouTube.com forward slash Charlie Mayer Camping Vlog. The video went up today. Friday's video is us fitting the solar for the very last time on the Overlander. Or is it the very last time? There are only, I think, four videos left. The Overlander, Chris, is finished. It's parked outside my house on the drive. Finished. Finito. I just need to wash it. I was hoping to go camping in it this week, but with the weather going the way it is, yellow warnings all over the place, it'll be next week. So this Friday is the fitting of the solar. If you remember, we got the brackets made with the spotlights. I fit the solar onto it this Friday. And then I think there's, I'm going to take three videos after that. And then the final video is the reveal when we go camping, which is yet to be recorded because of the weather, as I say this week. But today's video is about the B-Ball and then campsite review videos We'll be back in the next five weeks on a Friday at 9 a.m. Yeah, there were some uh, lovely lights you put on the side, Aaron. There was some brightness and clarity off them, wasn't there? Yeah, I oh, know. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with everything. Absolutely everything after this video on Friday. But uh, I was driving it today, and ah, it's just you know what, Chris? It's I'm just. It's not. I wanted a defender. I wanted A, B, and C, and I think I've got A and C. But I'm quite happy with the finish. I can't wait to, I haven't stayed in the tent since I was 16, so I can't wait to spend a night in it and then check done deal for sale, Overlander. But um, yeah, so this Friday is the solar. Today's video is the B-Ball and we will get back to what we do best. We have about six campsite review videos made, so we'll get them up and rolling very, very soon. Ah, lovely. I think a lot of we're, we're looking forward to, to you getting back out and yeah, exploring wait. all those campsites for us before we do. Now, let's take a look at products and our friends from CampingStuff.ie. We're on in touch again. Yeah, you might remember a few weeks back they sent us uh, uh, some products to 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 have a, a, a go at test out for them. We did the, the heater and you did the safe and mm-hmm. that. They also sent us uh, some cleaning products, uh, which they felt that were uh, very good, reliable. So I managed to get some time at the weekend to get out and clean off the, the motorhome. And I must say now there was green patches starting to build off, uh, mm. build up on the motorhome. So I said, this is definitely going to push the, put the cleaning products through the paces. So the two products that we got from Camping Stuff today that we tried out was Fenwick's Motorhome Cleaner. It's a concentrate. And Bobby Dazzler, which is the, um, the, the I suppose, the, the shine, the, the afterwash wax, protective yeah. coating for it. And, you know, I must say now, um, you know, it was a big drum of, product uh, in both of those uh, and I, I must there are two two liters but you only need three or four cup fills yeah for each bucket of water that you use so uh, you know I, I think this cleaning product is going to last me forever um uh, you know depending on how often I clean it but you know oh, last forever so. happy, yeah <laughs> the motorhome is sparkling white out in the garden and, and did um, you notice that now can you notice the difference well, very much so because my motorhome had, because it was parked up outside, you know, I hadn't washed it in a few weeks and living by the sea, it, tend to, it tends to get grimy fairly quickly. Okay. So 
it yeah absolutely it was much better than the product i'd been using before um the product i'd been using before used to leave a kind of a white kind of powder residue on it yeah. you know if you didn't clean it off and rinse it off properly and, and put the um the kind of shine on afterwards yeah. but um certainly the, the bobby dazzler went on really easy and uh it covered really i actually used i bought one of those um you know those weed killer pumps that you you, you yes. have in places you like pump to pressure them and then stores. squirt pressure. So yes. I mixed it up a solution in that. I had one, a brand new one that I bought specifically for this purpose. Um, I think they had it in Aim here in Tremor, and uh, I used that to coat it on. And you know, you, you just spray it on, leave it, and you know, very very happy with it. You know, on Brilliant. the on that web page as well, there the um. The cleaning product, I think, is twelve. Uh, sorry, is eleven ninety five, and the Bobby Dazzler is twelve ninety five. That's the uh, afterwash protective coating. Um, just to give you some of the information about the motorhome cleaner, so it's it's specifically made to remove black streaks, green algae, and the road traffic film. It also removes diesel fumes, overwintering grime, which I had plenty of. Mm-hmm. It's suitable on plastics, aluminium, glass, acrylic windows. Um, and it's a highly concentrated formula. As I said, you only need a tiny little bit of it. The Bobby Dazzler stuff, uh, then that's um, it's for making your caravan and motorhome sparkling. So it's a, a unique blend of chemicals and cleaning products that's safe to use on all surfaces. And you can even use these on your car as well. Mm-hmm. So look, as my recommendation, if that's worth it for anybody else, it's uh, you know it's reasonably priced and worked well for me. And we do see on Facebook groups people saying, what do you use to clean your camper? And the most common answer is water. <laughs> so, but camper, yeah. campingstuff.ie, thanks guys for supplying us with the products over the past. We look forward to doing business with you again. In fact, we look forward to meeting you at our meetup in April. But if you want to find out more about the Fenwick's Bobby Dazzler or the Motorhome Cleaner, campingstuff.ie, buy Irish, buy local. That's what I say. There's a conversation going on uh where someone had asked us to look into the the Crete Air stickers. These are stickers for um, camping in Paris and some of the, the cities in Paris where you need a, a special sticker on your car or camper. That's right. It was on campsitereview.com. Somebody had said, we're heading off to France. What is the story with the Crete Air stickers? It's an air quality certificate. I knew nothing of this until yourself and myself start chatting about it. So you did a bit of research and what have we found out about it? So a bit of some of the notes I took down. So the French authorities, uh, they announced that, you know, to be able to drive in cities such as uh, Paris, Grenoble and Lyon, you need to have these sticker on your window. And it's to classify your vehicle based on the air pollutant emission levels. Mm -hmm. And it's mandatory for all vehicles in those three cities. It's relatively newly introduced. Um, I think it started in Paris and it's starting to expand out to some of the cities as well. I'm not even going to try to pronounce any of the French words, but it's just, it's certif- certificate-air.gov.fr. I'll post these out on our Twitter feed, um, um, but you can get these stickers online. They're about 480 for foreign registered vehicles, and that includes, I think, the, the postage uh, of those stickers as well. Uh, watch out, though. There's a lot of um, bogus sites out there selling these as well for a lot more money. Yeah, they I saw are. one for 150 euro and I went, Jimmy, yeah. Chris told me it was only about a fiver. 
Yeah, and you can get a fine of up to sixty between sixty eight and one hundred thirty five euros for not having the city if you go inside those zones. Now um, it's only for is it only at the moment for Paris, Grenoble, and Lyon? From what I could see on this webpage, uh, yeah. yeah, that's I I couldn't see any other cities be mentioned. Um, now you know, I would say keep that city bookmarked or that link bookmarked yes. on that French government site, which I will post out by the way. And if anyone drop me an email, I can send it on by email as well. But um, um, you order the page, you order the stickers from this page as well, and it gives you instructions on how they're supposed to be fixed and where you actually need to use them. My question is, to wrap it up, is how do they know that your camper isn't poking out black smoke to beat the band? You know, how do they know that we're not? So we get a sticker for our 480 and I say, great, I'm going off to Paris. And myself, Deirdre and Charlie, feck off into Paris and we're plummeting out black smoke. Yeah, on the webpage, they've got a classification table. So it's based on the vehicle, whether it's petrol or diesel. Okay. You know, the size of it, how many wheels you've got on it. The okay. weight, all of that. So it's got a classification table on the site. So they know what you put in, what your vehicle is. You're your classification is automatically yes. uh, picked out and you get the sticker that's suitable for your vehicle. Right, okay. So if, even if you're traveling with a caravan or yeah. a, a car into these cities, you still need this as well. Yeah, I think this is why a lot of motorhome people, unless they're going to Disneyland Paris, you know, and they want to stay in a campsite. But I know in all the times we've been to France, we bypassed all of the above cities. We tend to just head for the smaller places or the beaches. So hopefully it won't. We are going to Bordeaux this year, but it's not on the list. So hopefully it won't be a requirement. But as you say, it's a good idea to bookmark the list on your favorites on your browser and then just keep a check on it and refresh it every now and again. That's it, Aaron. We're uh, yeah. another episode in the bag. I think at this rate, Chris, are we going back to our weekly episodes, do you think? Yeah, I think uh, as long as we have the content and, and the questions uh, and that to, to talk about and chat about it, I think we'll uh, we'll go back to our weekly episodes now that camping season, once these spell of bad weather passes, I think we'll be out more often as well. Okay, so with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, we need your input. Look at this episode. Listen back. It's all been input from you guys or stuff that we'd followed up because of you guys. So we need your ideas, your messages, campsite suggestions, reviews, products that you want us to look into. Or maybe you've got a Bobby Dazzler that's better than Bobby Dazzler. Please do get in touch. And remember, we've got stickers for your motorhome, your camper van, your caravan or your car. We need your address. We need your air code. And we will get them in the post to you for free. They always will be. And don't forget, we will update you on the situation if more space becomes available for our April meetup for uh, this year. But we'll tell you more about that later on. We will give you our contact details, Chris. Yeah, to reach us um, for any questions, as Aaron said, or anything you wanted to talk about, um, our email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. Our webpage is thecampingcrew.ie. On Twitter, we're at thecampingcrew. On Instagram, we're at the Camping Crew Podcast. On Facebook, you'll find us in all the good motorhome and camping groups. Forum-wise, you'll find us at motorhomecrack.com or boards.ie. And of course, we're on campsitereview.com where we have a forum there. It's free and always will be. Please feel free to join it and join in the conversations. Like, for example, when we were talking about the stickers there for Paris, for France. And then every Friday, some Wednesdays, but every Friday, Charlie and me on YouTube. It's youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. And hopefully within the next four weeks, we'll start 
posting up on campsite reviews again thank you very much for listening to episode 139 we're back again next week same time same place wherever you listen to your podcast from me aaron virtual stay safe and it's a good boy for me chris as well and if you're enjoying the podcast please subscribe and more importantly tell your camping friends all about us well that's it for another podcast from the camping crew thanks for listening and do join us again very soon safe camping Oh,